sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. It's not January 1st, it is November 26th, but it is Happy New Year for us here in the church. It's actually New Year's Eve today in our church calendar because today is Reign of Christ Sunday. And here on this podcast, um, I just wanted to kind of record something a little bit different because what we're doing in church, uh, what, we, what we're doing in church this week is, um, is a whole year in one day. And um, the end of the church calendar year is Reign of Christ Sunday today. And uh, there's been different practices for this. Some is just a traditional service and there's a traditional reading for Reign of Christ. I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years here at Bethlehem taking the congregation through the church calendar of the last year and particularly readings and hymns that we have actually done and read out loud here in church uh, over this last year. And so I'd like to kind of do a shortened version of that here on the podcast and uh, invite you to find our worship folder online at blclife.org and uh, and kind of follow along and and let it be sort of meditative, prayerful, devotional. The, the rhythm of the service is more of kind of like lessons and carols, you know, where there's a lesson and then it won't be a Christmas carol necessarily. There'll be one Christmas carol, but uh, because of that season, but it just hymns that we've sung through the year. Um, just a chance to reflect back, think about where you have been at different points through this last year and and how God has continued to be with you, bless you. It's a great time of year to do this as we finish up Thanksgiving weekend here, uh, all the things we're thankful for. I hope you had a chance to reflect on that in this season and in these last couple days. And then moving into the season of Advent, next Sunday will be the first Sunday of Advent. That's really the New Year's Day. That's when I should say Happy New Year uh, to you all. But here at Bethlehem, we'll even have little hats and horns and some sparkling cider and and celebrate and count down at the end of our service today. Happy New Year, we'll say to one another. Ultimately, what we're saying, though, is, is this is what the reign of Christ looks like, this constant blessing of God in so many ways through this last year. So uh, let me let me uh, stop rambling there and just start into the seasons. Uh, the first season of the church year is, as I just said, Advent. And out of something so tiny, that dead stump um, in, in the little town of Bethlehem, uh, in the prophecy from Isaiah, the, the shoot shall come out, hope springs eternal. The color for Advent is blue. The symbols of the season, um, in addition to just the color blue, it's a wonderful symbol for the season. Uh, the wreath, the Advent wreath, you know, kind of keeping uh, watch, uh, vigil, uh, alight in this time of the year where the sun is only up uh, for a minimal amount of time. The simplicity, the patience of the season, the emphasis on less. I mean, it's everything that's sort of against where the whole culture is at this time. Let me share something from our resources, from our worship resources. Um, Christians affirm that Christ comes not only in a past event, 
but also in our present life and the world's unfolding future. So it is that Advent is not about Mary's pregnancy, but about the church's continual prayer that God will come to us, bringing life to a dying world. Advent is not a time of Mary's pregnant again, and we're counting down the days until baby's born. Uh, This is a constant prayer that God will come to us. That's what this blue season is. It is about preparation, but even more, it is a celebration, a quiet, peaceful celebration. Remember how Mary and Elizabeth meet uh, in the text during Advent, and they're so quiet, but so happy. That's the season of Advent, life that comes with Christ's arrival. Our preparation is a, is a path-clearing time, That's John the Baptist. That's another reading during Advent. Time for meditation, time for devotion. Maybe daily you take on an Advent devotion. Uh, Advent is the church's gift. It puts us a little out of sync with the rest of the world. It invites us out of the culture's chaos. So what we sing on Advent uh, today to mark Advent is, O come, O come, Emmanuel, the first verse. Then we move into Christmas, of course. Christmas is a day, but it's also a season. It's a 12-day season. Um, Christmas is about light shining in the most hopeless of places. God is always descending. I mean, I've, I've done a Christmas bulletin with just an arrow downward, and that's the cover of the Christmas bulletin, just an arrow down. And that's the symbol that God always comes down. Christmas is precisely for those who are sad. Please hear that. Please know that if you're in a difficult place, Christmas is for you. It breaks my heart when people who are sad or hopeless or depressed or grieving, you know, don't show up for Christmas things because they're just too sad. Because the whole point of Christmas is that God comes into uh, the shepherd's field. God comes to love and welcome and bring good news precisely to those who are on the very margins. The song we'll we'll sing here at Bethlehem for this uh, season is, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We'll sing that today. That's our Christmas carol. Then we move into uh, the day of Epiphany and the season after Epiphany. Epiphany is a day. It's not a season, uh, but then there's a season after Epiphany. Um, So, Uh, The Epiphany season is green, and uh, that's the first of two ordinary time where we, the reading, it just means the readings are in order. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's ordinary like it's boring. The the readings that we get uh, during this time are the stories of Jesus' baptism, uh, Jesus unrolling the scrolls and calling disciples, uh, Jesus turning water into wine. Uh, and, and all that, of course, follows the, the great epiphany uh, that is the story of the Magi. And, and that unrolling, that showing forth who Jesus is, who's born in this quiet little place at Christmas. And then the story kind of goes global with epiphany. During epiphany, uh, today we'll sing uh, songs of thankfulness and praise. It's about manifestation, God shining forth. Then we move into the season of Lent. Despite Christ's epiphany, 
the Magi's adoration of Jesus, despite John's baptizing Jesus and the Spirit descending like a dove, despite the calling of the disciples and the miracle at Cana and the unrolling of the scroll, that's all season after Epiphany, the green season, in our brokenness we get lost. We miss all that. In our sinfulness and our selfishness, we get overburdened and we find ourselves in the Lenten wilderness. The beautiful Lenten wilderness, I should say. Lent uh, begins with confession, Ash Wednesday, and the whole season, 40-day season, is our return to Christ, our opportunity uh, to turn back, to return to the waters of our own baptism, to reflect on that. The color for the season is purple for repentance, and it's a reflective color. And paradoxically, it's a royalty color. And, and the symbol there is that there, there is forgiveness that comes. Um, and in that way, we are made royalty. You know, we are called children of God. Lent is not, please hear that Lent is not a funeral dirge. It's not just this bong, 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 dirty, rotten sinner. I mean, yes, we are dirty, rotten sinners in lots of ways. And let's not forget that Lent literally means springtime. And the disciplines of Lent, the traditional disciplines, prayer, fasting, uh, giving of alms, uh, but we do that in all kinds of ways. People take on disciplines during Lent. They're meant to free us, to spring us. There's that word spring to point us back to Christ, to open us up, and ultimately, they give us new life. As the blossoms appear on the tree, Jesus raises us from the dead too, calls us forth, unbinds us. We'll read, uh, as we did during the actual season of Lent this last year, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus. Come out, he says. And we'll sing, uh, come bring your burdens to God, one of our newer hymns. Come bring your burdens to God. Come bring your burdens to God, for Jesus will never say no. Powerful. And then we move into the season, well, the week, Holy Week, the week. Uh, and and you got to journey through Holy Week, right? As much as we try to follow and turn back during the season of Lent, finally we all fail at that, if we're honest. We all fall away, just like the disciples. We even run away, and on Monday, Thursday, again this year, we at the end of the service, those who are able run out, and everybody gets out quickly. It's, it's really an eerie kind of ending to the service. There's no benediction on Monday, Thursday. We just run out as a kind of embodying that story. And then Good Friday, we return, and it is good because Jesus says it is finished. What's finished? The sin and the death of this world. Jesus says it to you too. Once again, even now. Despite all that we've done, God still gives us a place. That message to the shepherds is, is true, even from the cross, especially from the cross. And all we can do at the last on Good Friday, all we can do is sit at the foot of the cross where Jesus pours himself out in love for us and for this whole cosmos. That's ultimately a Good Friday. And then, of course, and at last, Easter. Easter Sunday, Easter season. Maybe some of you went to an Easter vigil on Saturday night when the sun sets at last. It is the highest, most holy point in our church calendar and our life in the faith. It is the reason for all the seasons. Uh, we'll read the Easter, uh, Easter story 
uh, from the Gospel of John, as we did uh, in April this last year. And we'll sing, Christ has risen, alleluia returns. Pentecost, uh, moving on, Pentecost is... Pentecost is the gift of the Holy Spirit. After the 50-day season of Easter, Easter is a season that's even longer than Lent, please note. And then the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, the Spirit is given as a gift to the disciples. That's you and me, friends. The color of the season is, uh, the color of the day is red. Uh, Symbols are fire. The languages, the sharing of different languages, and yet people understand one another. I love our beautiful stained glass here at Bethlehem of the city. I don't know that that's necessarily meant to be a Pentecost, um, but I always think of Pentecost when I look at that panel of the city and it's, it's in red and there's this, there's this light shining down on the city. Our panel um, in our worship folder, each of the seasons, we have a different panel from our mural that's in the fellowship hall. And the panel there, I see a lot of creativity, um, a lot of community, Uh, People of all different abilities, different ages, different backgrounds, different stories, uh, all coming together. And that's that's the gift of of the Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, it says they share what they have. They're together in prayer and worship. Uh, Then they go out to care for the poor. That's the early church. And Luther, uh, by the way, He tried to return the church to this because the church got off track with that. Just worship, care for one another, care for those who are poor. Luther tried to return that and lift up the sacraments. That's the worship. He he also tried to lift up education uh, and and continued with the care for the poor. That's what it means to be church. That's what it means to be um, those under the reign of Christ, not under the reign of any worldly empire. We'll sing Spirit of Gentleness uh, and Mark Pentecost. And then, of course, the, the long green season, the long period of ordinary time, that is ordered readings, the season after Pentecost, or I like to call it life in the spirit time. And we thought this last year as we moved into the summer and into the fall, what does it mean to be church? So we looked at all those readings from Matthew. What does it mean to be disciples of Jesus uh, how does this look, uh, these, these images of what the, uh, pen, you know, how do we live into Pentecost? How do we be more welcoming? How do we cry out? How do we speak out? How do we act for justice and peace? Uh, as we moved into the fall, especially, we started singing these protestant songs. I, I, by that, I mean protest songs. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm going to keep on walking, keep on talking, marching up to freedom land. Life and the Spirit, walking together, marching together. But it's not just about going outward either. That's so important. But also, uh, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus is always the heart surgeon, you know, always working on the pure, is your heart pure? Are, are your actions lining up with where your heart's at? Or are you doing the actions to look a certain way or, you know, get certain rewards or accolades or whatever? You know, Jesus is always coming at that. And I think especially in the Gospel of Matthew. It's, it's not just about going outward. It, it is about that, but not just. It's also about reaching inward too. Staying connected with one another inside the church walls, so important. Staying connected with yourself, as I say, as Jesus. Um, and we did something really interesting this year here at Bethlehem with the pillows. 
Uh, that started in the summer, and they're still in the sanctuary. We have pillows in the pews, reflecting not just on sleeping in church, although maybe that's where some people need to be. They can't sleep anywhere else. <laughs> but but even more, it's about God, that, that theme at Lent, come bring your burdens to, to God. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. What does it look like? Not just to take care of others, but to take care of ourselves, to rest in the goodness of God. All that in the green season and, um, and in, in worship today uh, with our green season, uh, we'll sing our, what's been our hymn of praise. Oh God, who gives us life and breath, who shapes us in the womb, who guards our lives from birth to death, then leads us from the tomb. Deliver us from fears that kill the life we have from you. Deliver us from fears that kill the life we have from you. Help us to know your spirit still is making all things new. Ah, so good. <laughs> what a beautiful season. It's the longest season of our church here, the season after Pentecost. Um, and then we uh, will sing and and just very briefly mark because we've just been through those those important days. Reformation Sunday, uh, we'll read that great reading from Romans and we'll sing a mighty fortress. Uh, no, we won't sing mighty fortress this year. We'll sing may this church be like a tree. The church is always in Reformation and a beautiful newer hymn about the church being uh, a place that bears fruits of justice, acts of loving and compassion, as the hymn goes. Then we'll uh, sing uh, and, and mark All Saints Sunday after we have Holy Communion today. Can you hear my page turning <laughs> as I'm going through the service? Uh, Holy Communion, and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll sing the Canticle of Turning, uh, which we sang on All Saints Sunday just a few weeks ago. And finally, Reign of Christ. All through worship, uh, after each reading, uh, the reader will simply say, uh, kind of in keeping with our, that if you go to a poor people's campaign rally, you'll probably hear this chant, show me what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. Well, we're going to change democracy here today to the reign of Christ. Show me what the reign of Christ looks like. This is what the reign of Christ looks like. I've got to chant that all through the service. Reign of Christ Sunday. The year ends today with another curious reading that's been assigned to us. It's Matthew chapter 25, which we've been in for the last couple of weeks, but this is the very end of Matthew 25. Um, very popular passage, but it is an interesting one here for this is how we end the year. Yes, yes, this is how we end the year. Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, or in prison? And Jesus responds essentially, uh, that he is those who we just described. When you do, when you care for the least of these who are members of my family, he says, you come alongside me. You do it to me. When you care for them, you care for me. And conversely, when you don't, you don't care for me. Other years, the assigned readings on this day just to kind of continue to paint this picture of, of, of this is a curious reading. Uh, other years, it's, it's on Reign of Christ Sunday, we read the image of Jesus being handcuffed in front of Pilate. Um, other years, he's simply on the cross. It's like the Good Friday text on Reign of Christ. This is what the Reign of Christ looks like. 
all of these images of a different kind of king, a different kind of reign. Barbara Rossing, in her book on Revelation, I think captures this paradox by calling it lamb power. And that's what we're celebrating. This is what the reign of Christ looks like. It's not the biggest, strongest. I often um, will sing on this day, uh, Jesus shall reign, or immortal, invisible. And I love these hymns, these great old hymns, but it's kind of this big, powerful God, you know, lift high the cross, everybody bow down, and it starts to look like Rome's empire, right? Or the empires of our time and place. Uh, so lamb power is sort of, uh, I struggle with that. Yeah, I want my God to be stronger than your God, bigger and stronger, you know. Uh, lamb power? We're going to sing a new hymn at the end of our service today that is 100% intentionally a little off. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's kind of a newer hymn, or maybe a very new hymn. Uh, it's entitled, Lord, You, Lord, Are Both Lamb and Shepherd. And it captures, I think, a very different kind of reign of Christ. You, Lord, are both lamb and shepherd. You, Lord, are both prince and slave. You, peacemaker and sword bringer, of the way you took and gave, you the everlasting instant, you the everlasting instant, you whom we both scorn and crave. That's just the first verse. It's a fascinating uh, and, and very intentionally meant to be, huh, <laughs> as we finish the service here today. So, um, uh, our, our service concludes, as always, with a benediction, and let me just conclude this time. Not so much a sermon here today, but but just kind of, uh, hopefully, I've, I've been taking you through your own year, and I pray uh, God's blessings for all the for all the good things, you know, how, how we say thank you, and for the difficult things. Please know that all of it is is and has been and will be in God's Hands. May the God of all creation, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who strengthens us for service, give you reason to rejoice and be glad. And the blessing of God, sovereign, Savior, and Spirit, be with you today and always. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. <laughs> okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You could edit. Woo!